Welcome to another episode of Teaching and Learning Champions. I'm Matt Evans, Director of Academic Technology in the Teaching and Learning Excellence Division at ACC. Before I introduce our special guests, as the new year kicks off and we start ramping up for the start of the spring semester, I wanna make sure you know about TLED. Teaching and Learning Excellence Division employees are dedicated to instructional support and innovation. We exist to champion ACC faculty as partners in the strive for student success. Our vision is for Austin Community College faculty to lead as a model of teaching and learning excellence in higher education. We serve as frontline faculty support, development experts, and your teaching and learning champions. You can learn more about us on our website at tla.austincc.edu, and we look forward to working with you. Today, I'm joined by Michelle Fitzpatrick, Assistant Dean of Faculty Development, as we talk about the use of alternative assessments through remote teaching. Michelle, thanks for joining today. Hi, Matt. Thank you so much for having me, and Happy New Year to you and our faculty and staff here at ACC. Yeah, same to you. Did you have a good break? It was very relaxing break, low-key this year, so we got to enjoy that time while we have it. Yeah, and, uh, you know, first, uh, first day or two back, got to, you know, hit the ground running with everything that's going on. <laughs> yes. Um, all right, so let's jump into some questions uh, that's, uh, that I know some of our faculty members are interested in hearing more about. Um, obviously, the topic today is alternative assessments, um, and this has especially come up as a result of COVID and the shift to online teaching and learning. Um, let's start with just a quick definition for those who might not be familiar with the term. How would you define alternative assessments? Sure. Well, let's first, I think it's best to explain what we think of as traditional assessments. And traditionally, we consider quizzes and exams really being that go-to when we think about assessments. And when we're doing that, we're learning through research that having traditional quizzes and exams can really cause high levels of stress. And they might not be truly effective at measuring deeper learning. So that's where we've been looking more into this term of alternative assessments where we're moving away from assessments that are focusing too heavily on memorization and assessments that are not incorporating the student voice or choice and don't really allow for redemption, revision, or deep reflection opportunities. So what alternative assessments are doing is going beyond acquired knowledge that can be demonstrated through your traditional tests and exams and now focusing on what the student has actually learned through demonstration of an application of this knowledge. Is that, is that uh, encompassing everything you're looking for? Do you want me to explain a little bit more, Matt? Uh, I mean, I, I certainly understand if you uh, want to go deeper into it, I'm certainly not gonna stop you. <laughs> I mean, I guess sometimes when I hear folks talking about alternative assessments, there's confusion of, Maybe it sounds more complicated or to do. And once we realize some examples of it, see what other folks are doing and utilizing all the technologies we have, I think it comes a lot more naturally to us than we even realize as faculty. And a key in here is understanding the difference of formative versus summative assessment. So when we're thinking about alternative assessments, most faculty are probably already using them are already doing them a lot when it comes to formative assessment. And formative is really a low stakes assessment where we are doing, uh, maybe you are asking questions in class, 
uh, where you are having them do discussion boards, right? Or just where you're touching base. Maybe they're writing a one minute paper when they leave the class of questions they still have or key topics they learned. The little things that we're doing to test where they're at. Then summative assessments are the large or the ways that we are assessing a larger amount of information and knowledge that's been obtained in the classroom. And traditionally we've been doing that through exams and quizzes, but I'll tell you what, I've had so much fun this pandemic redesigning my classes to get rid of quizzes and exams. I know that sounds scary uh, and really get creative with alternative assessments. So hopefully through this time today, we can uh, chat a little bit about that. That's great. Thanks for that, uh, that deeper dive. Um, can you talk a little bit about how the topic of assessments has been discussed around the college, especially since the start of COVID? So one of the first things I noticed at the start of COVID when it came to assessment was a big focus on testing and how they could be proctored. And everything was very policy procedure based. We're running into lots of conversation on if they should be videotaped and how can we validate that the assessment is ethical. And that was interesting as I was listening to these conversations and ACC got very creative in offering different types of opportunities. If it's through Respondus, Proctor U, uh, and other options that our testing center was offering. But since then, I've seen a number of faculty be a lot more interested in, well, what else can I do besides my traditional exams and quizzes? How can I get away from this? And I'm really excited to hear that because focusing on something so policy procedure-based doesn't always seem very realistic in assessing knowledge for the long-term. I mean, I guess I think about it as if my boss every week said, okay, I'm going to give you a test or exam at the end of the week to see what you learned. It's just not that realistic. And so it's been fun talking to faculty and getting folks to think outside of the box as to what would they be doing in the real world that could get us away from focusing so much on are they cheating and how are we going to watch them take the exam? Though there are times in certain disciplines that this can be really hard to get away from. I completely understand that. Great. Uh, what types of unique methods are used to assess student knowledge and skills when teaching online? You had mentioned um, that you're, you know, you've been redesigning your own courses to move away from the traditional assessments. Uh, but what are some um, some alternative assessments that can be used um, uh, when teaching online? That's a great question, and there's endless possibilities out there. So if we're talking about asynchronous versus synchronous, we're probably going to use different techniques. I had a new faculty member uh, recently that I was consulting with and they were telling me about how they were having trouble really connecting with their students and doing some low stakes formative assessments in their asynchronous class. And they're like, I'm just not seeing them on a regular basis. So it's really difficult. So what they started using was VidGrid. And in VidGrid, they paired it with Loom and Loom is a way to have your video of yourself as the faculty member showing on the screen as you're going through your slides. 
In Bigrid, you can create questions within it as well that the students are answering, and it's a really great low stakes assessment. Uh, that was one recent one that we've had a lot of success with and gotten great student feedback. Other ways to do some low stakes formative assessment, if you're teaching synchronously, polling students during class. I randomly pop up polls all the time in the middle of my classes and it keeps them engaged. I can see what who's answering what on the participant panel and it's, it's fun. Uh, using Padlet, the college has an institutional license to Padlet. And it's basically like, think if you have a whiteboard in the classroom and you have students going up to write on the whiteboard or uh, posting a lot of sticky notes on one large flip chart. On there, they can post pictures, links, text, audio, and it's a great way to interact and do some low stakes assessments. And a little bit more creative than your traditional discussion board, which is also another option. And journaling. Now, when it comes to summative assessments, some things that I've been doing, I know other folks have been doing as well, is portfolio building. Having them develop portfolios using our Adobe products or our Google Suite features uh, to really put together something that's gonna be helpful for them in their career and long-term and practical use of their skills that they're gaining. Group projects that promote critical thinking, case study analysis. Oh my gosh, we did a really fun debates in a legal class that I taught. And we did a lot of research for the debate. So there was a formal paper turned in, but then an actual debate online. And that was a lot of fun, really interesting and a great way for them to apply their skills and knowledge that they attained. So those are just a few examples for you. That's, that's great. Uh, and we'll talk in a, uh, in a little bit just about um, some of the help that your office, uh, you know, the Office of Faculty Development can provide to faculty and helping think through some of these things. Um, but as they start thinking about, um, you know, like you did redesigning the, the assessments that they've built into their courses, whether it's, you know, the online, the online courses that they're teaching or even as the college starts to reopen into the future, uh, what are some things that faculty should think about or keep in mind when they're developing these alternative assessments? Mm. I think the first thing with any assessments is making sure that your assessments are meaningful. I mean, students know if it's busy work and we don't want to grade busy work. So let's make sure that when we're doing assessments that there really is purpose and meaning behind it. Uh, an easy way to do that is I've sat down and looked at my classes, pulled out all of my assessments or questions to a, a test or exam I may have had and I align it to my learning objectives. Uh, and there's there's tends to be sometimes, at least personally for me, content that I'm more passionate about and I find myself assessing them more on those topics. So it's, it's a good check for myself as a faculty member to make sure that I'm not over assessing a particular learning objective. So that's one good way to get started when you're thinking about assessments in general. And then if you're looking at doing a large project, having students do a large group project, a portfolio one, or anything that's significant, really consider scaffolding it. And what I mean by that is giving the project in chunks so that there's this first portion of it's due here. And maybe at the first portion, there is a peer review of it. So you can get some great feedback from their classmates. Uh, and then the next one, you give a lot of really great 
in-depth feedback. And there's time for reflection in that too, before the final product's done at the end of the semester. Scaffolding really helps bring everything together and then you can align the assignments with the content you're teaching at that time. And it, and it makes it so it's not too overwhelming for the students. Instead of that big project that they wait the night before, maybe on the last week of class, it avoids that situation from occurring. Yeah, from an instructional design standpoint, I, I definitely like the idea of scaffolding, and especially what you mentioned about aligning each of the assessments with the learning objectives of the course um, certainly helps not only take away from the busy work, but also helps clarify to the students why each assessment is important mm -hmm. in the course. You know, if you build in what learning objectives you're addressing with each of the assessments in your syllabus, for example, it's a great way to build uh, rapport and transparency with the students. Yes, Matt, that's that's great. Every time I write an, ass an assignment in my description, I say this aligns to the following learning outcomes. And it's for me and the students, for us to both understand and make sure that what we're doing makes sense and there's some purpose behind it. Great. So for faculty who, so that was great information for faculty who are gung-ho and, and able to get started right away. For, uh, for some faculty, I imagine there'll be some, uh, a lot of questions. Um, and so what types of services does the Office of Faculty Development provide around the development of assessments? Oh, that's wonderful. Well, we wanna help everybody with all things teaching and learning, right? And our office and other parts of TLIC can assist with this too. But when it comes to assessments, I'd say that the very first thing is that's easy is just get your feet wet by going to a workshop around it, right? A topic that interests you a bit. And at Spring Development Day, there's an entire track on assessments. That's there for you. And then uh, another thing we can do is one-on-one -on -one consults. Let's connect, talk about the way that you're teaching, what your outcomes are, what you want your students to really grasp and understand when they leave your class. And then let's brainstorm creative ways to do that. And it's actually a lot of fun and it makes grading and teaching a little bit more interesting too, as opposed to doing things the way that we've always done them. Uh, so we have the consults, workshops, uh, through our onboarding, we do a lot with alternative assessments and assessments in general. So all of our new faculty are receiving training on that information. And you can even request for us to come to your departments and help you as a department on these topics. And we do work closely with other departments at the college as well, such as Ron John's through institutional effectiveness and assessment too. In other areas in TLIB, we have instructional designers. So we are all here to help out. Great, well, it sounds like there's a lot of resources available um, for faculty who, who need to, to get, um, need help getting started. Um, for faculty who do want to request that type of assistance um, in any of the formats you mentioned, um, where can they go to sort of initiate that request for support? The best place to go that you will find everything faculty development related and support is tled, T-L-E-D dot austincc dot edu. And right there on our homepage is the link to teaching consultations. You might also want to look at some of the other links there. And if you look under development opportunities, on the far right under resources, 
There are NISOD, Starlink, all these other third parties that have webinars on these topics that might be of interest to you. Take a look at some of our programs that we have going on at Spring Development Day. And under Teaching Excellence, look at what topics we have going on under our faculty interest groups. There is a faculty interest group running that has to do with assessments this semester. So take a look at that. Maybe get involved if you can, and if not, on future semester, or develop an interest group of your own to get some help on uh, re rewriting assignments and being creative in assessment delivery. Great. Well, Michelle, thank you very much for uh, all this information today. Uh, before I let you go, um, uh, just wanted to see, uh, granted, this is the second day back from winter break, so uh, <laughs> probably not a lot going on quite yet, but is there anything giving you uh, Riverbat pride this week? It, it is the second day back, so the, the catch-up is going on, and we are welcoming a whole new group of faculty this week, so I'm particularly excited about that, but yesterday afternoon, I received an email from a newer department chair at the college that just had so many questions about ways that they could support their faculty uh, and obtain some resources that they needed. And it led to us meeting and having a one-on-one -on -one conversation. And it was so exciting to have my first day back talking to a department chair who's on, working a week before their contract starts and asking for all the ways they can support their faculty and help them be successful. And it just, got me really nerdy and excited. <laughs> so what awesome people that we work with here at ACC and I'm, I'm very proud to be able to help support that. Well, that's a great thing to, uh, to be prideful for. Um, so Michelle, thank you very again. Uh, thank you very much again for joining me today uh, and have a great start to uh, the spring semester. Thank you so much, Matt and happy 2021 folks. Well, that wraps up another episode of Teaching Learning Champions. Don't forget that you can read episode transcripts on the TLED blog and find links to any resources we referenced during the show. I also encourage you to subscribe to the ACC District Podcasts on any of your preferred podcast apps or listen to individual episodes on the TLED website. You can learn more about the Teaching and Learning Excellence Division and keep up with everything relevant to the faculty experience at ACC by subscribing to our weekly newsletter. Simply text ACCTLED in all caps, to 22828 to subscribe. And of course, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ACCTLED. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll chat next time on TLC at ACC.